Adrift in the great void of space, the personnel on Moon Base Alpha have experienced so much that is strange and inexplicable. They have become accustomed to expecting the unexpected. Paul, did you hear that? You hear what? I don't hear anything unusual. A sort of strange, haunting music. It's been coming in on an interstellar frequency, softly intermittent, but at regular intervals, as though it were a message, perhaps a call for help. The mind can play some strange tricks up here in space, Sandra. I know, but... Especially when you're monitoring communications hour after hour and getting nothing but random signals from distant radiation sources. You get that homesick feeling and begin to imagine you're back on Earth again, listening to your favorite... Paul, listen, there it is again. I take it all back. You're right. Got a fix on it? Only that it's coming from the direction of the star Vega in the Lyra quadrant. But that's about 27 light years away. Let's try the scanner. Got a contact. Commander, I'm glad you're here. Look at this object on the scanner. Hmm. Can you bring it in on the big screen, Paul? I'll try, Commander. There it is. A planet. All scanners, all sensors up full. Get me radiation readings, atmosphere, life signs, everything. What's that music? Where is it coming from? I think it's coming from that planet. It's been coming in at regular intervals, like a message of some kind. Not a very happy message from the sound of it. Commander, life signs. Paul, open up all channels, all frequencies. I'm going to try to talk to them. This is Commander John Koenig on Moonbase Alpha from the planet Earth. We have received your broadcast. Can we be of any service to you? Repeat, can we be of any service to you? They don't answer, Commander. Kano, computer readings. Yes, sir. Atmosphere breathable, radiation minimal, barometric pressure 30.02, temperature average 72 degrees, life components comparable to human. Sounds ideal. Must be orbiting a star like Earth's sun. And there must be people there, possibly in some kind of trouble. Sandra? Yes, sir? Ask Professor Bergman and Dr. Russell to meet me in my quarters immediately. Yes, sir. Alan? Yes, sir? Get Eagle One ready for liftoff. We're traveling. Yes, sir. As Eagle One approaches the planet, Koenig cautions his pilot, Alan Carter. Course correction five degrees green, Alan. We're veering off. I know, Commander. I'm trying to compensate, but she doesn't respond. Try manual. Going over to manual. Still no response, Commander. We seem to be under the control of some kind of beam coming from the planet. I better call main mission. Eagle One calling Alpha. Do you copy? Come in, Alpha. Eagle One calling Alpha. We've lost contact. And still no answer from the planet? Just that music. Obviously a recorded transmission. I must say it looks peaceful enough down there. Well, we should be finding out about how peaceful it is very soon. We're about to land. Opening the door of the Eagle, they discover they have docked at an airlock under automatic guidance. Transparent glass walls enable them to observe the planet's surface as they walk cautiously down the airlock corridor. It's lovely. Like a scene in the English countryside. Or autumn in Connecticut. The trees and shrubs aren't exactly the same, but it makes me feel quite at home. I wish I could feel that way, but I can't. There's something wrong in the picture. Houses, roads, even children's playgrounds, but not a sign of life. Exactly. No people. No life of any kind, except for the vegetation. Commander, the door up ahead. It's opening. Seems like we're expected. It's an elevator. Well, let's not disappoint our host. 
As they step into the elevator, the door closes behind them, and the elevator descends. Far below the surface, it stops. The door opens, and they enter a well-lighted but empty chamber. As the elevator door closes behind them, they hear a soft hissing sound, like escaping steam. Guest! Pouring into those grills! John, I feel... dizzy. Oh. Helena! Helena! Oh! They all fall to the floor, unconscious. When they wake up a couple of hours later, they are in a large, well-lit, comfortably furnished hall. Seated before them on throne-like chairs are two aliens, one male, one female. Welcome, Alphans. I am Harmon, leader of what remains of the people of the planet Phoebus. And this is Dr. Melos, in charge of physical medicine. Some welcome. We come in peace and you attack us. Oh, the decontamination chamber. My sincere apologies for that. But I assure you that it is quite harmless. Yeah, it's a gas. But very necessary. Phoebus has been the victim of a mysterious virus which destroyed all life on the surface of the planet and reduced our people to a state of total physical and reproductive impotence. We could not risk your being exposed to the contagion and bringing it down here. We believe the virus was caused by a massive energy flare-up on Vega 50 years ago, which triggered a similar flare on our own condos, a star like your Earth's sun. The effect was immediate and devastating. The virus attacks the blood, stopping all cell growth without completely destroying the cells as such. Children remain children, the aged remained aged, all growth ceased, no new life was possible. The only antidote was a plant growing on the surface, but it too was killed. Phoebus became a land of the living dead, a land where biological time seemed to stand still. The virus created the paradox of life existing where the life process had stopped. You mean a form of suspended animation? Precisely. Thousands did in fact die, but several hundred survived in that condition. Dr. Melos and I have not dared go to the surface for 20 years. But where are they, these others you speak of? Come, we will show you. They enter a huge chamber containing several hundred individual glass cubicles. Inside each cubicle, one of the living dead of Phoebus. Amazing. They seem to be in perfect condition, children and adults alike. These were the last to succumb. Many of them are, or were, among our best scientists and helped build the airlock and other anti-contamination devices before they were stricken. For our survival, it is necessary that we release them from this biological time trap. That is why we sent our message. Then that music was a call for help. Yes, sir. We are glad that you answered our call. Why didn't you send your message in words? How could you be sure a musical message would be understood? Because humans are curious by nature. They must explore the unexplored, understand the inexplicable. We knew you were near and wouldn't be able to resist the temptation to solve the mystery of Phoebus. Also, if we had set up word communication, there would have been too many questions, and we do not like to lie. Lie? Lie about what? Commander, I shall get right to the point. In order to restore my people to their normal condition, it is necessary for them to have a total blood exchange. Blood exchange? You mean with us? But that would kill us. Unfortunate, but true. What kind of people are you? You say you don't like to lie, but you wouldn't hesitate to kill for your own purposes. What kind of morality is that? Listen, Commander, there is no need for you and your friends here to die. There is a way out for you. A way out? 
Just give the order to all those on Moon Base Alpha to come here. That would give us a sufficient supply of... You pride yourselves on your understanding of humans, but you understand nothing. You will not cooperate? Not on your life. Let's take him, Commander, when I give the word. Not on my life, indeed. It is your life that is at stake. You have no weapons. We saw to that. And you are completely in our power. We have no choice but to use you to restore four of our... Now, Commander! Carter and Koenig leap toward Harmon, but before they can reach him, they are stunned by laser guns fired by Dr. Melos and Harmon simultaneously. Ah! Helena and Victor move to help them, but they too are struck down. When they regain consciousness, all four find themselves strapped down on operating tables next to four of the glass cubicles. Dr. Melos is getting ready to perform the transfusions that will drain the life from their bodies. Won't you change your minds? It's still not too late. Just take me, but let the others go. Their price is too high, John. I prefer it this way. You fools! There is so much to see, to do, to live for here on Phoebus, and you are throwing it all away. All right, Dr. Melos, Carter first. Anything to say, Carter? About postponing the old thing. And let's all go up and enjoy the lovely scenery on the surface. Proceed, Dr. Melos. Blue sky, cool green trees, autumn leaves turning yellow and brown. Yellow and brown? Yellow and brown? Dr. Mills, do you know what that means? Stop all procedures until I return. Return? Return from where? From my first look at the service in 20 years. Later, in Eagle One on the way back to Alpha. Look there, John. How beautiful Phoebus is. So much like our own world. But what an upside-down world it is. Yes, full of contradictions. A world where people were alive, but not alive. Where highly moral beings like Harmon and Dr. Melos could kill without any moral scruples. Where leaves turn green when they die. And yellow and brown when they come to life. Like the hydrophilid shrub. The one plant from which Dr. Melos could extract the life-saving antidote to the virus. It saved our lives, even without taking it. Within a week, she will have enough to restore all her people. And with life returning at last on the surface, they can all come out into the sun again. How sad that we couldn't accept their invitation to join them in their renewed life. Yes, it could have been a good life. I better call Alpha. Eagle One calling Alpha. Do you copy? Come in, Alpha. Main mission, Commander. Good to hear your voice. And none too soon. Computer indicates our moon will be within eagle range of that planet for less than one more hour. Yes, I know, Paul. Unfortunately, not enough time for Alpha to move to a nice new home. I don't understand, Commander. I'll explain when we get back. Eagle out. Commander, do you hear what I hear? That music again. Yes, Harmon and Melos saying goodbye. Their way. It's beautiful. Like a rainbow after the storm. Yeah, the only yellow and brown rainbow in the old blinking universe. <laughs> 